Brett Cody. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know how you would describe this, Brett. But I'll just tell my story, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. But Brett Cody is. If there were a world's fastest dehorning and cosmetic dehorning competition, Brett Cody would get first, second, and third before the fourth place competitor finished because he is simply the fastest dehorner and cosmetic dehorner in the world. And not only are you fast, you don't have to worry about infections or some of the uh, mishaps that come along with, with a cosmetic dehorn. I mean, you're simply efficient with your time, but... Uh, I mean, they're just one of the prettiest little poles that anybody's ever seen. I mean, I would say the OG in the in the cosmetic dehorn or the pole game is Bob Ransom, and I would put your uh, poles up against Bob's, and and Bob's a very nice man, and Bob's going to be on the show here in the next few days, but uh, probably you might be able to run circles around Bob. He's just not quite as fast as you are, and nobody is. Well, that's that's where I watch. I watched Bob do several hundreds of them right there in Bill's barn for us. And, you know, every time he'd come back, he said, man, you got somebody like you need to start doing this stuff because I'm going to be doing less and less and I don't want to do them anymore. So I just started started practicing on some of the bottom end stuff around there. And mm-hmm. uh, Bob would come do our, our better ones and show me how bad I was messing something up or what I need to be doing different. So, I mean, I, oh. I would hope I would hope my work resembles his because that's kind of, Kind of who I watch that's, uh, that's, that's just a lucky guess that that's who you learn from yeah. because that's just kind of the first two people that come to mind. I know that Shane Meyer does a very nice job with with heads, and he'll get some of the top yep. guys. And uh, and uh, watch- you and Bob, I guess those three would be the kind of the staples in terms of who's doing the the Mark Copuses, the Brandon Horns, and some of the big boys down there in the Southern Market for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Doc Dozer, I watched him do a bunch of them, too, when he was out there in Trent and Abilene and whatnot. He'd do all bills before we had Ransom doing them. And yeah, just kind of paid attention to them guys and figured out I could make a little money with my hands and something I could latch on to, and I just, I just went with it. You betcha. And by the way, Brett, this is a personal note. We need to get you to the HL Iowa for a couple heads for fall and winter show steers. And you know, know what? We probably we probably could have done it here locally with a few guys and I don't I'm not trying to disrespect anyone, but guess what my wife says? She's kind of in charge of everything MLC at the show barn. And we ain't doing mm-hmm. nothing with those calves until Brett Cody gets there. So I mean that's more of a pat on the butt than anything else. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you <laughs> letting me come work and and uh yeah, it's always it's always a good stop. You've been uh been doing most of our bulls. Sometimes we'll occasionally, if Shane's in the area, he'll do some of our bulls too. But uh, yeah, I would say there's a there's a there's an art to that process, and uh, and you and just a handful, a small handful of people have it figured out to a science, and and uh, pretty pretty unique little deal you got going for yourself. So, anyways, tell me about. Uh, here's one story that I would like to tell about Bill Cody. Uh, you may or may not have a knowledge of this, but you could briefly glance over it, and then maybe Bill could go in depth someday. Uh, the bull about time. I believe that's – was that 10 triple X ranch or triple X ranch, or what was that ranch called? Yeah, 10 triple X ranch. Yep. Didn't yeah, Bill buy that bull about time from Brad and David Sinclair from Cloverdale, Indiana, uh, for big money back in the day. Is that is that your memory too, or how do you remember it? Yeah, I do believe that's right. Yeah, that's kind of 
right there when I was in college and and moving down to Bills and whatnot. Yeah, they brought that bull in and they uh, we bred a lot of cows to them and had a lot of calves that did some winning with them. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean that. I, I don't know what the numbers were, but I think it was a six-digit purchase, possibly. And uh, Bill had a investor of some sort that was really getting aggressive, and I'm sure they got paid off in terms of making making their money back and making a profit on that investment. Bill always had a way of not just biting off small chunks, but biting a whole piece of the pie and, and making it work for the people that he was helping. Recently, I interviewed... Uh, Jessica Simpson, and they just purchased a uh, property yeah. near Abilene that Bill had once resided at, and uh, they're super excited to be uh, getting possession of that Bill Cody property here coming up shortly. So, Trent, uh, Texas, yep. right off I-20, Sylvester Road exit, mile south on the gravel. There you go. I got my map open. I'm looking yep. at it right now. That's cool. In between uh, Abilene and Sweetwater. So... I don't know if they've done anything to the gravel road, but you used to you might lose a hubcap by the time you get down that one mile on the gravel. It's pretty rough <laughs> on the road. Now that's the insider knowledge that only you or Bill or whoever would know. That's awesome. So uh yeah. Abilene's kind of a hotbed right now. Uh Brian Fox had informed me that uh you said you were just gonna try to ease your kids on into the show program in uh your first year or two. And I think you accidentally just, you know, had a Pretty outstanding success in your kids' first year. So, tell us. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't know if that's exactly the way that you would tell the story, but just tell us a little bit about your current operation. How many calves you're selling, or cows you're running, as well as uh, your day to day, and then tell us a little bit about your kids' uh, show careers. Yeah, we're uh, myself and my wife Casey. You know, we call ourselves Cody Cattle Service. We do everything from breeding a few, a handful. We don't. We don't just sell a ton of calves a year. You know that. I don't know, 50 to 60 mark is all we can handle. And then we service, you know, we're real big on servicing our customers and and uh, providing that. Uh, trim a lot of feet in Texas for customers of ours and for the public. And then, obviously, like you mentioned, my dehorning is kind of my bread and butter. Fortunate enough, I get to kind of travel the, the whole country doing some dehorning for different people and different operations. And then, yeah, my, my boy came and he's, He's into this stuff, and he loves the show barn and likes showing, and he's been showing some open heifers, you know, before he's of age for the 4-H. And then his first year being eligible, I I did kind of think we were just going to kind of ease him on into that market steer deal and, and see how it was going to go. And I was just kind of one thing led to another, and we ended up getting a pretty darn good one uh, by accident. And... We we had a lot of fun with him. He's a he's a Brahmin cross steer, which if you talk to a bunch of my friends, family, customers, they'd have bet you a lot of money I'd never have a, a Brahmin steer in my possession, let alone in my kids' show string. But a uh, good friend of mine and do a lot of business for him, uh, Lane Homar and Brittany Baylor down there in Goliad. I told her, I said, when my boy's old enough to show, you call me when you find my kid a show calf, and I'll come get him. Well, she, we were down there trimming feet one afternoon, and she got a phone call and hung up the phone, and she said, hey, I think we found Cayman's calf. I said, all right, cool. Thinking maybe a lightweight Charlay influence something, uh, maybe a little cute, cuddly, short horn, something be fun to drag around. That's what we got. She said, it's, uh, it's a Brahmin. 
<laughs> I said, well, you've probably lost your mind, but whatever, let's go look. He was, he was a couple hours uh, west of Baylor's place at uh, John Naglin's. Uh, John Naglin raised the calf. And I'll never forget, we walked into the pen, and this little skinny, I don't know if it looked like an antelope, a white-tailed deer, or a combination of the two, went running by the pen, running running circles around the hay feeder. And Baylor said, yep, there's your calf. I said, okay. I took a deep breath. I said, well, I, I just told you to find me one. So, I mean, her eye for American influence cattle or any cattle at a young, green, skinny age is, is better than anybody. So I, I trust her. I said, okay, let's, what do we got to do? Write a check and load them up. And we took, we took him home, and he was the only one in the trailer six hours bouncing down the road to the Toller, Texas. And well, I tell you what, when I backed him up to Toller, I I didn't know what I was getting myself into. He was he was plenty plenty fired up, and we unloaded him, gave him a couple of days to settle in, and got caming on him, and them two got to be buddies, and heck, we had a we had a lot of fun with that calf, a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean. Uh... You're a little bit outside of my comfort zone in terms of knowing what the heck a man would be wanting in terms of a, a Brahmin influence steer, and I, I guess the way it sounds, you're outside of your comfort zone as well. And uh, we yeah, related man. this a time or two in the in the show previous. Uh, if you find someone that you truly can get to work with and trust, uh, sometimes it's just better to take experts in a certain in this circumstance, in a certain breed, about what, what you should be looking for, just close your eyes and let them do the picking for you. And uh, if you get that unique relationship, uh, I would say those were the that's where the longest home runs can be hit whenever you get that true working relationship with folks. Well, and after we got the calf halter broke, I'd, I'd send footage to Brittany, you know, every three or four days and just getting advice. And, I mean, she's liking how he looked and, progress and whatnot, so we figured we better hit the road and get to showing this thing, and man, we, we put a lot of miles on that calf. We, I think we started off taking on the Panhandle Parade of Breeds, did real good there. Um, the uh, It wasn't the Show Steer Junior National that summer, but it was uh, Battle of Cattle. We did good there. And then, heck, we took him all the way down to Seguin, Texas. It was a big jackpot show down there, and he wins the Brahmins, wins the Americans, and then... Uh, Third overall in the first ring, and then he was grand overall in the in the second ring. So what? What? Whoa, 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 whoa! You messed up this story. You did not win a show with a Brahmin influence steer, did you? Yeah, we did. We uh, grand overall. I guess you were there. I need to shut up and listen. Yep. Ryan Rash judges that day in the second ring. Taylor Graham judged him in the first ring. He's the one the Brahmins and went uh, went third overall in the show. And then in ring B, uh, Rash used him to uh, be granted the overall show. Well, there and you I, go. I, I, funny story Same. for the for the grand and reserve of that show. They give away a pecan pie. It's a pecan classic. And I've been going to that show with customers and you know kind of swinging for the fence at that deal with a hairy crossbred or a big shaggy charlay and. We never have been able to come home with one of them pecan pies, so that was that's part of it I'll never forget either. So. I'll bet you that was the sweetest tasting pecan pie that you've ever eaten in your life. We were shocked. We were we were uh you know, we we were very successful with the Brahmin in four or five shows before that, but came to come out of the 
Champion Drive a little bit disappointed, and I said, buddy, that, that Brahman, you know, they, they don't win the whole show, but he uh, he proved us all wrong that day. So he he let us know the whole five hours back to Toler that a Brahman can win the show. So The uh, kind of the launch moments of young kids' career, as you look back on your career or I look back on my career, those, there's that uh, – those moments that draw you in and get you hooked for life, and it sounds to me like you know I'm sure he was had a had a, a passion for it before that, but uh, I bet yeah. you uh, uh, that particular show will be one of the things that that young man thinks about in ten or fifteen years when he thinks about where he got all the yeah, and it, love for the industry. It didn't stop. It didn't end there. We kept uh, kept working on him, and we took him to the West Texas State Fair the 15th of September and we won the Brahmins there and that was the last time we showed them until we put them up after that and then we we concentrated real, real hard. Our goal was to go to San Antonio with them for Kim's first year and just, you know, try to be competitive in the breed. And we knew that was going to be tough to do going back to the south and, and you know, the Brahmins at San Antonio usually are, are tough in their own right. Well, we are fortunate enough to go down to San Antonio and Again, all the stars aligned, and the calf traveled good. He ate good. He drank good. Uh, he was acting good again by that point. You know, he kind of went through a little rough spell with an attitude in the fall. So we go in for the Brahman show, and I don't know if you've ever watched the Brahman show in San Antonio, but you don't have to worry about how your calf acts. It's how bad the rest of the 15 or 20 in the class are going to act. So we go over there, and... Came and get the middle. Yeah, the next three calves that come into the ring all got loose from the exhibitors, and they're they're running around the the ring like a rodeo arena. And uh, I don't know if many of you guys know Cayman, but he's closer to fifty pounds than he is sixty pounds, and uh, he was just standing up there doing his thing with them, and got through the class. And I mean, the, the judges, uh, Shockey and Parker Henley, they were both real real excited about the calf in the class, and. They ran with them for the breed, and and we were we were pumped. We were real, real thrilled and humbled and and excited. And as the week went on, the you know the the comments from the judges, uh, he referred back to that Brahmin steer two or three different times in his in their reasoning in the different breeds. So uh, all we knew was probably way way long shot that a Brahmin was going to get a piece of San Antonio, but. We did have fun with them all week, and then during the Grand Drive selection, there was the 17 breeds out there in the middle for the for the Grand Drive selection, and he was getting a little crowded in the ring, so Shockey and Parker Henley brought five of their favorites out to get them stacked up side by side, and and uh, that Brahmin was one of them. We had the, the AOC was out there, the, the Shorthorn, and then uh, Addy Potts's Champion ABC was actually one that we raised there in Toler. He was out there in the middle, and then the Brahmin, and then the Simbra. So we were we were right there neck and neck, toe to toe to them guys, and and he held his own. He kept showing them, and he uh, he did a good job. That's awesome. As we finish up, just give me some background on your upbringing. Uh, Brett Cody, uh, but his family has been in the business uh, for as long as I've been alive. Ed and and Bill Cody. Bill's my cousin. Ed's my ah. father. Uh, well, yeah. there you go. You're teaching yep. me stuff right off the bat. So Bill yeah, is uh, what? What relation to Ed? Ed and Bill's dad, Mike, were brothers. 
I've operated in the last for the last thirty years, thinking that Ed and Bill were brothers, and Bill moved down to Texas uh, from wherever Ed's from. But uh, could you quickly tell me the story about Bill? Uh, we hope to have him on the show as well. But uh, he did move from Wisconsin down to uh, Texas twenty or thirty oh, years yeah. ago, correct? We all grew up in Wisconsin, and my dad would actually come down to Texas trimming feet a bunch on a regular route every six, eight weeks, and after high school, he took Bill with him one time and never looked back, never never brought him home. So uh, Bill's dad raised cattle in Wisconsin, would send him down to Bill's, and we'd sell him, you know, out there in Trent back in the good old days. My dad yep. still trims feet, sells cattle, and services cattle in Wisconsin, and that's where I grew up. And Yeah, that's where the most Yeah, started. I guess uh, just a quick... Bill Cody's story. We're going to include him in your story because you came to Texas to help Bill for a minute, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I've been coming, coming down ever since I, I mean, was what, a little what, kid. What year did you move to Texas, and then like what years were you helping Bill at Bill Cody Show Cattle? Uh, I graduated in January of 2006 from NDSU, and I moved to Texas permanently January 8th of 2006. <laughs> No kidding. Yeah, no. Right after right after I graduated, I moved down and at that time Bill was going from Trent, Texas over to the ten triple X ranch in Glenrose. We worked there for a few okay. years and I've been I've been coming down helping Bill ever since I was seven, eight years old. I mean every time I had a Christmas break or a spring break I'd be I'd be in a cool. in a truck or a plane getting down here. So Yeah. Cool. You uh, lived on the Wisconsin side up near Menominee, is that right? Menominee, Wisconsin, yes, sir. And then uh, Brian Fox that runs Blind Badger Ranch was in the, on the Minnesota side uh, just recently. Uh, have done some business with Brian and the Blind Badger Ranch. I announced it on the Mike Widener episode. We bought a three-quarter Maine Anjou bull, uh, full brother to the Bull Memphis Mafia from Brian and Blind Badger Ranch and owner Jim Hett. And uh, I guess... Uh, yeah, I think Brian probably has a similar story to yours, Brett, in terms of uh some point in the mid-2000s, or I'm not exactly sure what the date was. He moved to Fort Morgan, Colorado. I don't know how he got the job, but uh, or how he met, made the connection, I should say. But uh been out there for a long time, and now that he's been there, I mean, Blind Badger Ranch is a national power in terms of not only Maine Alju stock, but... uh They've been raising some damn good simmies and just breeding cattle, seed stock, and uh, and show steers uh, in in numbers. They have about six or seven hundred cows. So, uh, what what part of Minnesota was old was old Brian from, and how far away was that from you? Right there outside of Hastings, Minnesota, close okay. to the coast, yep. right in between Coates and Hastings. When he was in high school, he bought his first calf from my dad. He was a junior, I think. You get eight hundred bucks for that calf that year, so we really didn't even know each other until our junior year in high school. We connected more uh, after we graduated. He went to River Falls. I went to NDSU. He'd run over to Menominee because it was only thirty minutes. Helped my dad on show cattle, washing and blowing and clipping, and then we'd go to shows together. Uh, we thought we were big timers, custom clipping. You know, getting that forty, fifty bucks a head to clip your show calf, and uh, yeah, we just hit it off hard and. We traveled a lot of miles across the country together, had a lot of good times, and 
a lot of good stories about old Foxy. You betcha. Yeah, it wouldn't be personal your story, but I uh, just looked up Hastings on a map as we've been talking, and I visit Hastings every year to uh, visit Kim Snyder, who uh, has mm-hmm. some kiddos going through the 4-H program right now. So. That'll work. I appreciate it. Appreciate appreciate your time.